Let us worship God. from the 119th Psalm, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes that we may see the wonders of your word and give us grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom. Amen. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Holy One, Happy are those who keep God's decrees, who seek God with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in God's ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. 
I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with the 21st verse. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on your way to court with them, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, Tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Holy One. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is God's footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great sovereign. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Here ends our reading. Speaking of Torah is like trying to pin down the name of God. It is elusive. And perhaps because of this, it retains its own life. I like the idea that Torah gets to have its own life and that it doesn't only live in books. I imagine it's like the life that lives in the quiet of a sunlit room or the voice of a lute revealed in the hands of another or the solitude of the painting studio when the sounds of music echo through a beautiful tomb of creation or the spirit of a house that keeps company when all the visitors have left and the buds of longing begin to flower. 
Torah carries associations varying from oracles and soothsaying to divinely prescribed laws, statutes, and decrees. Torah can be used in reference to the Ten Commandments, but also to the whole book of Deuteronomy or to the entire Pentateuch, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. It's also used in the context of priestly instruction, as when Leviticus announces, this is the Torah of the burnt offering. In the wisdom books, Torah is associated with good counsel, the kind of insight imparted by a mother to her child. Of all the images of Torah, one of the most beautiful is that of a person's storehouse of wisdom, comprised of the contents of their life. Conceived in this way, you and I become a living Torah. The wisdom of our lives is to be kept, heeded, guarded as a divine book of the covenant. It is never to be forgotten or abandoned. In the rabbinic period, Torah became two parts of a whole, written Torah and oral Torah. The first expanded to include the whole Hebrew Bible, and the second, and with equal authority, was the traditional rabbinic interpretation of it. Though biblical and rabbinic Hebrew were different languages with words and metaphors that carried different meanings, and though the beliefs and practices of the people within the Hebrew Bible were different from those of the rabbinic period, the rabbi's oral Torah ignored this fact. It was their particular pleasure, to use the words of scholar Jim James Kugel, to act despite considerable evidence to the contrary, as if their language and beliefs were the same. Rabbinic interpretation was presented as a continuation of the religion of Moses at Sinai. It was merely the text read aright, they said. Oral Torah became a hedge built up around their interpretation, lest the text, as Kugel says, be thrown open to new arbitration. Little did they know arbitration would come. Indeed, rabbinic interpretation was but a part of a long tradition. The fragments of writing that comprised the Bible, pieces of papyrus worn away by time, had stories to tell, revealing the inner life of Torah. They were stories of long-held debates between communities, revisions of history. They were carefully crafted edits of who God is and of hard-won wisdom. The fact of these fragments leaves open the age-old question, are we but following the wisdom of men? And so the search for true wisdom continues. Psalm 119 is both the longest psalm and chapter in the Bible. 
Through its 176 verses, the one speaking invokes variations of the word for Torah 176 times. Torah is the prayer of their longing. It is their conversation with God. I arise at midnight to praise you for your just rules. Your steadfast love fills the earth. Teach me your laws. Teach me good sense and knowledge, for I have put my trust in your commandments. Though the arrogant have accused me falsely, I observe your precepts wholeheartedly. It was good for me that I was humbled, so that I might learn your laws. I prefer the teaching you proclaim to thousands of gold and pieces of silver. May your mercy reach me, that I might live, for your teaching is my delight. When faced with enemies, false accusations, difficult circumstances, a lack of understanding, and being backed into a corner, the psalmist searches again and again and again, so that by the end of the psalm, the contents of his life have become a storehouse of wisdom. Like a fragment of papyrus worn by time, he has become a living Torah. Though Jesus is often portrayed as doing a new thing, as finally overcoming the law. When I read our text from Matthew, I hear him rather affirming it. I hear someone who knows the hard-earned work of wisdom and who tries to impart to his community by voicing the commandments that have become their prayer. I hear him naming the challenges faced by his community, corruption, the sale of shoddy goods in the name of God, extortion, debt leading to prison, and prison requiring the sale of the land to a lender whose goal it was to take it in the beginning. When backed into a corner, I hear him asking them to choose life and in equating the work of reconciliation with the worship of God. We are, each of us, fragments of the living Torah. It has its own life in us and in history. Its elusiveness is shared with the community of life we call God, out of which we arise and into which we return. All of us finding our way together. May it be so. Amen. As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication 
those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God.
Let us pray. Holy One, you have fed us in silence, in music, in word, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. As you go forth this day, go as the living fragment of Torah that you are. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be loved, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. Amen.